Washed Up Emo sponsors New Belgium Brewing are celebrating their 30th anniversary as a company. To celebrate, they're releasing Wild Ride Amber IPA, a happy tribute to their iconic fat tire. Even better, New Belgium Brewing are giving away bikes and gear all year. Find out more information by visiting newbelgium.com. Do you ever wonder if your favorite band is emo? Tired of being in the same conversation with friends? Not knowing if you're listening to post-hardcore, screamo, emo revival, emo emo violence, even ska. We're We're here here to to help. help. The Emo Council is here staffed and ready for any question you may have. Hey, Emo Council, just wondering if Green Day was considered an emo band. Thanks. Green Day is not an emo band. Okay. From the creators of Washed Up Emo, isthisbandemo.com offers the definitive answer to the only important question of your day. Hey, is this been emo? This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 59 of the Washed Up Emo Podcast. I am Tom Mullen from washedupemo.com. This episode, we welcome Christian Holden from The Hotelier. Their last album, Home, like No Places There, was a huge record for me and many who listen to this podcast. So late last year, Christian was in New York City on tour. We had time to hang out in the van. You might hear some other things like doors opening and closing, cell phones beeping, sirens. It's out of our control. It's New York City. So, in this episode, we discussed many things, including the hoteliers' start in Massachusetts, DIY culture, and the new album, Goodness, out on Tiny Engines in May. Hope you enjoy. Christian. What's up? Podcast, we're here, finally. (laughs) (laughs) I'm finally washed up. So, thank you for doing it. Yeah. Um, You don't have a phone. Why? What happened? Um, I lost my phone, my ID. My keys, uh, my favorite sweatshirt, and my taser have all been lost on this tour. Uh, what happened? <laughs> um, I bring a too lot. many things uh, that are small, uh, and then I carry them around and misplace them all the time. Uh, that happened to me on road trips. Yeah. With Garfield books, though. <laughs> okay. I brought too many Garfield books, and my dad, I'd always lose one. <laughs> cool. Not as important as keys or a cell phone. Or my taser. Yeah. <laughs> what does the taser do? Uh, it, um, For safety? It's a flashlight and then also um, a taser. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> it's for, you know. Um, I just think, I think non-lethal weapons are cool uh, in my mind. Uh, I think that uh, I like to know that I don't have to work out in order to win a fight. Yes. Yeah. You're good to, especially in New York, you're good. Exactly. Um, what was it when you started hearing all these things about the record? Like, because you put it out and you, there's that, it's like right before the show, the door's open. You're like, is anyone going to show up? Even though you know, uh-huh. but there's still that moment of like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, from the, I mean, it was definitely a surprise. Uh, it definitely uh, was very strange for a while. Um, but I think that like, uh, uh yeah, we didn't know really what to expect. I mean, I had I had wishes. I had wishes that it would do as well as it did, and I couldn't probably have wished for any more uh, than what it did. Um, uh, and 
yeah, it was it was cool and it was it was strange feeling uh, to like for the first time in my life have people uh, really know me as Christian from the hotelier who I had no idea who they were or like just people talking about me without me knowing who they are uh, and talking about me fondly. That was strange. Um, but uh, what was a, what was a random one that you weren't expecting? Was it like a celebrity or a you know a big band that you looked up to or something or? Um, I mean, everything was unexpected. Everything was just like, I, I learned to just uh, sort of be like, anything it could and probably will happen. Uh, uh, so I should just assume nothing. Um, so everything was a surprise from, from like, uh, we did a full US tour, uh, came back and played New York. Uh, we played a, we played Suburbia. Uh, and the, the crowd was nuts. And I cried playing, cause, not because of the songs, but because the it reaction. was nuts. Yeah. Uh, uh, and... Uh, I think that was like probably one of the the bigger things. It was just like playing that show uh, with with uh, bands that I admired, and it was it was just cool. Everything has just been a trip. Uh, can't really pinpoint one specific <laughs> thing. Yeah. So everything over, and then before, um, I guess you know, writing it was there. Were there moments that you were, you know, kind of sitting there being like, get a little chill on your back or on your arms, being like, I think I wrote a pretty rad riff right there. I think the kids are gonna like it. Yeah. Or... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 writing music is my favorite thing in the world uh, because I get those feelings because I get to feel like, uh, you know, usually it doesn't. It, it works in this way of like, I don't think that like I'm a incredible songwriter or something. Uh, I'm usually just playing guitar with myself and then I'm just like, I stumble across something and then I stumble across a melody that just like is in my head while I'm playing it. And it's just all, it's all just like sort of seems accidental when it's happening. Uh, and that's like the most fun thing is like exploring, uh, it's basically exploring everything that I've listened to in my life and somehow turning it into uh, something that feels good, and yeah, writing albums is great. Feels what was the um, what was the record or the 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 song that made you sort of be like, I want to do this. I want to get a guitar. Get me to, you know, wherever. Ooh. Where was like the early on? I mean, it's Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, uh, it was my, it was Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, Enemy of the State. My brother, uh, my brothers had a bunch of CDs. Uh, uh, and for a while, I when I was a kid, I just listened to Michael Jackson, uh, Thriller on a. I had, a thriller tape uh, and I used to listen to that all the time uh, and then uh, and I had a couple of other tapes I had like Power Man 5000 and I had uh, Offspring Americana uh, and I had uh, uh, I think I liked Creed at the time I was just listening to like my local what year was this? Uh, probably like late 90s uh, and uh, then that basically happened and then uh, from Blink-182 I uh, was was starting to get into like 2000s pop punk uh, uh, from from just like very heavily following Blink-182 uh, and uh, I remember Launch.com was a thing yeah uh, and I used to watch video like I used to come home from school and I would just watch music videos on Launch.com and uh, then MySpace music became a thing and uh, I started just like finding bands all the time like a lot of my sort of pop bands uh that were on MySpace that now seems sort of embarrassing, but at the but still, I thought the songwriting for some of them was like really good, and it's sort of where I got my chops from. Uh, so I think that that's. And then you were like, "I'm gonna play guitar," like, or was it? Yeah, I got a I got a guitar in sixth grade for my birthday. It was a uh, I was a just a Yamaha Stratocaster, basically. Um, it's my first. <laughs> yeah, I got it at BJ's, uh, and uh, uh, we we in the sixth grade talent show we played uh, Brain Stew 
three guitars. None really? of us none of us were playing power chords. So it was just it was it was it was three people just going dan it dan it on on three guitars and only me singing. It was really Did you win? Uh no, we did not. We we came probably in last. But I don't think they ranked it. But in my mind we came in last. Except for uh the 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 sort of jockier kids just like slam dunk. Actually, this was better. They slam dunked on a on a like a, a little Tykes uh, basketball hoop. Oh, that's great! <laughs> uh, so that was better than ours. So, uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and then from there, was it? You know, was there other friends in school that were going to shows, or were you going to? Uh, you know, pl- are you playing at that point with bands? Are you getting there? Or are you just playing by yourself? We were just playing by ourselves, uh, uh, but. I remember in sixth grade was my first time I went to a, a show, and the first show I ever went to, uh, it was really funny. Uh, I went with my friend Alyssa, and it was Alyssa's brother's birthday. So for Alyssa's brother's birthday, Alyssa's mom sent a limo to school, uh, picked uh, everybody up at school that was going, and we went to see uh, uh, Reliant K, Rufio, and MXPX. Uh, it's not a bad show. It's not a bad show, uh, especially for that era. I, I, I mean, that's not a bad show at all. Yeah, I'd watch uh, some MXPX. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really care that much about MXPX. I thought Reliant K was kind of good when I, when I listened to them. Uh, Sam and our band really likes Rufio, but I never got into Rufio. Uh, although I had a Rufio shirt, um, so I was a poser. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I like found the Palladium, which is a venue in Worcester, and I just was going there all the time, all the way through high school. From then, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But what about bands? When was oh. it the first kind of like, all right, we're going to shows, we're beating up? Like, what was that sort of first? Well, like, for a while we can... it was just uh, like sixth through eighth grade. It was just me playing with this one kid who played drums, and we just, I'd just go over and we'd learn covers, and uh, we would just play songs at like our friend's house. And there was no real like band scene until uh, until we went to high school. Uh, and then in high school, we started a, a pop band. Uh, which was like the first sort of, first, sort of the first uh, instance of the Hotelier where it was a band called the Oregon Trail uh, uh, we thought that was a cool name it is good uh, <laughs> it was a pretty bad name uh, but uh, we had like seven songs uh, and uh, I made them all on Tabit uh, and then we met Chris who's our guitarist uh, who played in a like a screamo band called Feral Aurora he went to high school with us but uh, dropped out for a year and came back he was sort of like a uh, a, a cool kid in that way, yeah. uh, and then uh, uh, yeah, he he had like uh, there was like a lot of bands in the sort of Blackstone Valley area of Massachusetts, which is like Milford and Uxbridge and Upton, and uh, there was a lot of shows going on around there. Like uh, this band called Frogball, who we just we just played a show with recently, it was like a really silly punk band. Uh, this band uh, they used to be called Ava Braun, and they changed their name to Apparitions. Uh, uh, that band Last Lights was the mm-hmm. same members of that band and uh, Mountain Man is now the same members of Last Lights and uh, there's also a pop-punk band called Morris uh, who, was, who was I think really good at the time uh, and Francine and um, Four Years Strong used to play local shows all the time when we were when I was still in high school and Vanna and Therefore I Am were all playing oh like, yeah Therefore I Am definitely yeah they were all playing in Worcester a lot uh, not that they were from Worcester they were more Boston bands but, but still they'd always that, that'd be part of the circuit yeah exactly and that's uh, where actually the kids were kind of like Long Island New Jersey is for New York City mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the I felt like you, you gotta get out of the city a little bit to see <laughs> yeah but I also never knew that any of those bands were just touring like I just like really I knew of it you know it was through MySpace Music so it'd just be like here's an event we're playing here 
Uh, and then I'd be like, oh, okay, and there would be like flyers, and it would just be this one show. You'd never see like tour flyers, you'd just see like, these bands are coming here. So I never knew anybody toured at all, really. Uh-huh. Um, so I just thought like, oh, the coolest thing we can do with our band is, uh, is like, be a well-respected local band. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's what we could sort of strive for. Uh, uh, I remember our first show was Apparition's last show, uh, and we showed up and we were supposed to be on the bill. And the person that was booking it uh, was like, oh, you're not playing. Uh, and we were like, what? Uh, he's like, yeah, you guys can't play. And we were like, that doesn't make any sense. And then we talked to our friends, uh, and they were like, oh, we'll talk to him. And they were like, yeah, you can play, but you have to pay this amount. And we were like, that's... Ugh, pay for play bullshit. But it's not even pay for play, because this wasn't even a company. This is just some dick kid who was like, I'm just going to fuck with these like young kids who have never played a show before. And we were just like, we ended up being like, fuck you, and then we left. Uh, uh, and they called us back and we're like, you guys can play. And we we're like, no, fuck you. <laughs> uh, uh, and then, uh, so that happened. And then, uh, uh, we were in a band for, we, we started booking our own shows after that. We were just like, I'm not even going to try to like play anybody else's shows. This is too annoying. So we just started booking our own shows in like Charlton and, uh, and, uh, we got people to come to like the local Grange and, uh, we would just fly around our school and it would just literally be an in-town show, like just kids from the town. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that band broke up, uh, and I was in a, uh, do you want me to just keep going through yeah, the entire yeah. history? Okay, sweet. That's, uh, that's what this is about. <laughs> cool. Um, and then, uh, me and Chris joined a metalcore band, uh, that was happening called Still We Sleep. Uh, and people, I, I say this as when I describe it, people who like metalcore thought that this band was really good. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I sang for it and I played bass. Uh, and then uh, we made one album that cost, cost us a lot of money when, when we were just like still in high school. Uh, I traded a Nintendo Wii to finish uh, wow. uh, the, re- yeah, the recording of it. Um, and then that came out. And then we played two shows and broke up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, then everyone in that band was like, hey, let's start, like, a, a new incarnation of uh, Oregon Trail. Uh, like, another, like, sort of pop rock band. Uh, and uh, so that was supposed to be everyone from that band, but it ended up just being me and Chris. Uh, and then uh, and then we got my friend Zach and Sam. Uh, Sam had played in, in uh, was playing in a band with Zach. Uh, and then we just sort of, like, I had known Zach because we were on the same bus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... Yeah, so we all just started this band, uh, Hotel Year. Uh, Hotel Year. Um, the Hotel Year is what we called ourselves. We didn't have a name uh, when we were recording our first thing. Uh, um, and uh, then it was just like we were already connected with like uh, the goings-on and like the sort of Blackstone Valley-ish scene. Uh, and uh, so it was like not that hard uh, to sort of make friends from there. And then what was the first release on? Uh, it was called We Are All Alone. What was uh, it on? Was it, did you self-release it, or was it... Yeah, it was like, it was not a, um, it was, uh, sorry, signal that we're in here. Um, it was, yeah, it wasn't anything that, uh, we thought was, um, um, too... <laughs> let's, let's let him in. What's up? Okay, sorry. No problem. Sorry to Oh yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Oh, sorry, I was in the way. Sorry. <laughs> cool. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, we are all alone. Was just a 
sort of. Give me that key, homie. Yeah. Um, we Are All Alone was just, we just put it, we just made it, and we just put it on MySpace uh, for people to listen to. Uh, and that's like all we thought we were supposed to do. We didn't think of putting it out with anybody. We just were like, that's oh. where you put it. Yeah, it's, we were it's just, like Bandcamp is now. Yeah, exactly. It was MySpace Music, and uh, and then uh, our, when we when we put out, it never goes out. That was the first thing we had put on Bandcamp. I remember that because that was like right when I found out about Bandcamp, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm going to use this instead, uh, and that's the death of MySpace Music for me. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when they would set up. Like, we would have a tour. I worked at EVR at the time, and we'd have, like, a tour with X amount of bands. And we'd set up a MySpace page just for that tour and put all the bands in the top eight and have people comment and put the poster up and photos. And then when the tour was over, no one fucking went back to the site yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, just... And I was, like, something's bad here. Like, <laughs> this just dies. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like... It, like, worked because everyone was, like... It was the only thing. It was either yeah. that or pure volume. So, so it was like uh, everyone was just trying to make it work uh, uh, in this sort of roundabout way. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, when Bandcamp came and just simplified everything, it was just like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, but still, Bandcamp, you still have to go through Songkick to make the events. That's really annoying. You should. They should probably fix that. Uh, but uh, they got some money for that. Probably. Probably. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so like the first that and the. That we made a two-song demo after that. Those were like the first two things we ever made uh, when we just wanted to like play sh some shows. Uh, and never... that was and this was still all high school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was my uh, sophomore or junior year of high school. Yeah, Zach was a freshman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And then when you're, you know, if it's if it's the next the next record, and you're, you know, where there's those decisions of like, all right, let's do this. No, uh, no, <laughs> no. It, was, it was no different, uh, uh, for it never goes out. We just like, uh, uh, we, we made those songs and then we were like, we just were doing it for fun. So we would like hang out after, after school and we would, cause that's all we would do is we would just hang out and we would jam and that was, that was what was fun. And then, uh, uh, this was when we started the band, everyone was straight edge. Uh, it never goes out was the first album where weed was introduced. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm still straight edge, but everyone else in the band. Is still All right, straight I'm straight edge. Right, Hell yeah. Work. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what would happen is everyone would be like, Sam lives on like a farmhouse, so everyone would be like, all right, let's go in the barn and smoke, and then uh, they'd and go in the barn wait. and smoke, and then I'd wait, and then they'd come back, and then they'd play like we'd just be jamming, and then someone would play a riff, and they'd be like, this is sick, <laughs> and then we would just jam on it for a while until we made a song, and that was um, how a couple of those songs on It Never Goes Out were written. Uh, I love that record. Yeah, thanks. Some good jams on there. Some so good riffs. Yeah. Like, there's just, like, a few times where I was like, I wish I wrote that fucking riff, <laughs> but I did not. Um, did you feel associated with the scene yet? Did you feel like you guys were, there was there a community, or was it still, like, you were kind of by yourself? There was a, no, there was, there was a brief community. Uh, basically how it started was, uh, in those days, uh, there was a venue called Rad Skate Park in Minden. Uh, and we would always, almost twice a month, uh, we would go, there would be a show at Rad Skate Park that all our friends would be playing. It was, <clears throat> the scene was mostly um, us, uh, Born Without Bones, who was still a band, uh, Save Ends, who are still a band, mm -hmm. um, this band All Set, who is no longer a band, who are a pop punk band, <clears throat> and then these kids uh, who are from like Uxbridge, Upton, Blackstone, the town uh, area, who would, um, who were in this 
a, a million bands. They had a band called Money Hungry Neighborhood Rats with Shirts. Uh, <laughs> they had a band called American Alligator. Um, and it would just be our bands playing almost every single time. Yeah. And sometimes we would invite other bands to come play uh, from Massachusetts, never really from out of town too much, until until Scott started touring with Born Without Bones. And that was like my first introduction to touring. Because I, I, until then I was just like... One show, come back. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that people toured. Still, um, I didn't know <clears throat> that. I didn't know of any bands outside of our area uh, that I didn't learn about through MySpace Music. Uh, so, uh, so when I started touring with uh, Scott, uh, for because I was playing, <clears throat> I was playing bass in Born Without Bones, uh, and I was touring with them, and he was like showing me bands that he was learning about, and that's how I—that's actually how I learned about both Inuit Over It and Everyone Everywhere. Uh, were from touring with Scott. And what years was that? Uh, it was nine. Uh, it was right when they put out their split together. Um, so only fifty-two weeks was out, not even twelve towns. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and uh, uh, and Everyone Everywhere's self-titled record was out. Uh, um, <clears throat> so that was cool. Uh, getting into those bands, and I also got shown Hostage Con, the, the self-titled record, um, and those were like the three bands that I really remember being shown. Uh, that kind of put you into that space, or just realized that there was kind of something going on. Yeah, that was connecting these. Yeah, I remember. <clears throat> I mean, so we're so we're talking about email. Uh, I remember uh, being really. So we went on it. This was even before Born Without Bones was a band. Scott was playing in a band called Telfair, uh, which was like. A, uh, uh, a sort of Kid Dynamite-esque uh, pop-up yeah. band. Uh, uh, this dude, uh, Mike D, who's, who used to play in this band Energy, uh, and then uh, has made like a million bands since that are all really good, uh, like Looking for Bears and Telfair, and uh, now he does his own thing, which I forget what it's called, but it's uh, he's like pretty political, sounds a lot like Kid Dynamite, but also like uh, wants to make like sort of Adam and his package style music. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, we were. Yeah, we we would we went to Milford. People on MySpace hit us up and wanted us to play in Milford, New Hampshire. Uh, so we would drive up to Milford, New Hampshire, and play these house parties with all these kids that we had just met. Uh, and I remember after one of those shows, I was telling Scott about Captain Jazz, and uh, he was like, "Oh, you like Captain Jazz? You should you should listen to Algernon because uh, like they." Sound like Captain Jazz, but better, uh, and they're they're around now. Yeah. Um, so that's that's another way that I started listening, or like found out about current, more current bands, um, was through Scott. It was mostly through Scott. Um, and then, uh, what did you like about it? Um, um, because it wasn't the pop punk stuff. It was a little more. Yeah. Um, not thinking man, but more of a little, just a little bit. It was just math. It was just like math rock to me. Uh, it was like uh, math rock that was like, I mean, the reason I liked Algernon was just like straight happy, like music, which I can't make. I don't even, I can't even try. Uh, <laughs> like, like I can't, I can't uh, channel that emotion, like fun. I can't, I can't channel fun in music uh, in the way that they could. So that was really cool and exciting to me. Um, but, uh, uh, I mean, I still liked, I still, I didn't think that they were necessarily bad or, uh, or whatever, but um, I thought that they were good. And then Everyone Everywhere was, like, a little bit more heady. Uh, uh, I really liked that band a lot. Um, uh, I think they were very, very good. Um, they, uh, they just, like, uh, tone, tonally, it's, like, this sort of drony, but more, uh, not in, like, a too cool way, just, like, a sort of, like, um, uh, thoughtful way that mm -hmm. I thought was sweet um but yeah i think that's 
And then did you start, was it, if you got into them, or did you meet them, when, or did you reach out to them, or was there any sort of that to kind of do the networking and try and meet, or was it just, I liked the records and that was it? Yeah, I just liked it, and then I never, never tried to, I always had this thing where it's, you know, every band sort of has this where it feels bad to reach out to people, uh, because that you don't know because there's always the chance that they're just going to be like not reply and then you're like eh. so I just never did <laughs> uh, we were I mean we were happy we were we had like we had this plan to like start our own label with like Us Born Without Bones that band all set we were like yeah we're going to start our own label and just put out our friends bands uh, like I remember they wanted we wanted to do a three way split uh, and they wanted to press uh like the the Barnethat Bones and Hotelier records that weren't getting pressed, like it never goes out, and we wanted to put out this band Sleepwalkers, who is from Worcester and uh, sort of sounded like Converge. They were really really good, um, uh, but uh, then that never really happened because uh, it didn't like sort of the the scene that we were in started dying down. People stopped coming to shows as much. People were going to college. People were mm-hmm. stopping being friends and stuff like that happened, and then. Uh, and that was sort of it for those sort of shows. Uh, uh, us and Born Without Bones stayed in, like, we're, we're, like, tight, and us and Save Ends were tight. Uh, uh, but uh, Save Ends started doing more shows in Boston, and we started playing more shows in Worcester, basically, when we met our friend Greg McKillop, uh, who started taking us on the first Hotelier tours that ever happened. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, was, was, was he in a band, or was he... He was in a band. He was in a band called Nemus, who uh, were... A sort of pop punk band, but uh, I don't think he likes to talk about that as much. Uh, uh, he, uh, when we met him, he was doing "Speaker for the Dead," which is uh, um, by himself, which is just a, a folk um, project, very uh, focused around storytelling uh, and in a sort of like folk, like really, tr- really real folk sort of way, in which uh, like. Uh, it had like a sort of uh, Irish and Catholic flair, but in the in the in the in the storytelling of it, but not necessarily in the songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we met him, and uh, he was the first person that had um, both a sort of political and fierce DIY um, like ethics and values, and that was like something that. Um, uh, was really appealing to me uh, because like uh, everything prior to that was just like oh we're just friends and we're just like we're just like doing this because we like each other and we're friends uh, but it had no like uh, substance to, it had little substance Deeper. to me yeah so like when it when it when I met Greg and I realized that it could be more political that was what was really exciting to me and we sort of uh, he uh, he believed in our band a lot and helped us out a lot in Worcester and playing shows in Worcester. Yeah. And then you said you got went on those first tours, right? Yeah. Uh, like or, East Coast runs, or was it like... Uh, I don't even remember where we went. Yeah, I think it was East Coast runs. But, but at least you left Worcester. Yeah, we left Worcester. Uh, <laughs> I think the furthest we went was probably Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, we played uh, a show uh, to nobody in Bloomington, Indiana. We played a lot of shows on that tour to people, to, a very, to almost nobody, uh, which was... Which was which was okay, because uh, um, uh, it was just the first time touring. We were just like, this is, I guess, how it happens, and it's fine. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, um, we were meeting people that, on our first couple tours, we were meeting, in the tours that I did with Born Without Bones, we were meeting people in the pop-punk world that uh, we liked and some that we just really, really didn't like and we thought were awful people. <laughs> um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, we were, we, were, we were meeting 
we were still meeting a lot of people that would later like be helpful when we were booking our own tours. Um, uh, so Greg, I, we sort of owe a lot to, uh, as like the, uh, kind of uh, kicked the button, got yeah. you guys out there. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's Cause right. otherwise we just wouldn't have toured cause we didn't think about it. Uh, uh, and cause we just, yeah, again, like we wanted to, but we had no idea how to even think about it. Our first tours were in a car. Uh, uh, so it was squished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was right around, I think, I think we had to tour because we were, we signed up Mightier Than Sword and they were like, you guys got to tour. You got to leave. Who else was on that label? Uh, Last Place was on the label and that's why we were doing it. Uh, um, uh, but also, uh, No Trigger did a release on it. So another Worcester band. Um, and, uh, that's all. So like from there, it was like no college. You guys were like, this is, this is, we're going to rock. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Kristen even want to go to college and Sam was at a photo school that he dropped out of when we were started touring basically uh um but uh yeah we just were like um treating it like what would have been our college yeah uh, just touring for four years and it paid off at Learning exactly the, the four year <laughs> mark uh of us doing it instead of you leaving after a year or something like a college player you know like yeah. you, you're out in the open like you kind of honed it <laughs> yeah yeah I mean yeah we played very many shows to nobody uh uh played a lot of shows where we sounded awful and embarrassing and it was bad um so we we uh yeah i guess in that way we were sort of honing it in and uh meeting other bands from touring and uh uh sort of sort of contextualizing what we were doing as mirrored against these other bands that we were playing with it's like um and i think in that way like when we started meeting uh bands who were like sort of connected with the annoyed over it world uh at that time uh sort of mostly just meaning like the world is i think we're like the first did people. that really help a lot uh those guys or what band was it into it over it was it just sort of we never met into it over until much later uh until we didn't meet evan until much later uh uh we played a show so we did a tour of state lines in 2012 uh that went down to at least alabama uh i remember that maybe not actually I don't really remember where we went, uh, but uh, we did a tour with State Lines, and it was in June. It was in a black bus in the middle of so it was summer, uh, and it was awful. It was so hot. Eight of us in a bus, nine of us in a bus actually, uh, and uh, uh, I remember the last show of the tour was with World Is an Empire Empire, uh, and we played. Uh, it was at uh, Derek's house, uh, and they were like. I didn't know bands existed in Worcester. Uh, and people came out to see us at that show. So they were like stoked that uh, people had come to see us uh, and we were from Worcester. So that's sort of how we got in touch with each other. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. How was it? Did you, was there a stigma when you were, I don't know, like I just, I was actually just on a podcast and we had this whole thing about no one wants to be emo. Mm-hmm. Like no one. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, the revival and those bands, I mean, I was excited just because it sounded like stuff that I was into in the 90s, mm-hmm. and it seemed like they took something from it, yeah. and it was something of their own, mm-hmm. and made it new, and that was, like, exciting. Yeah. Being in it, being in that moment, I wasn't. I was outside of it, looking in. Mm-hmm. Were there thoughts of, like, yeah, this is what this is, or was it, this is just DIY punk rock? I don't really care too much. Like, I, I think that, like, uh... I wasn't making... T- uh, I, it's no. not, like, an emo thing, or more of just, like, when... You, 
peripheral outside you saw it as like this community forming which I thought was yeah. fucking rad and it reminded me of the 90s it wasn't this like alright we're gonna get fucking tour buses and we're gonna like <laughs> get fucking stacks and we're gonna kill it like, yeah yeah it was this community of like trading and conversation it felt yeah everyone was fiercely DIY every like all of those bands and that was what was like like feeling really good to me and I don't think like I don't think separating it from emo is like too like I think that it only started happening once once like bigger media started talking about it because everybody in those in those circles was calling it emo at the time uh so like uh anyone trying to change the name is just like kind of just like I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Because, yeah, uh, all of those kids were calling it emo when they were doing it. Uh, and I think even even emo revival, uh, for the most part. Uh, and uh, so, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, no one was, like, I remember, I mean, I remember seeing the transition of, like, these bands that I thought were, like, fiercely DIY. Uh, and then them sort of playing bigger tours and sort of, uh, dealing with the suits, uh, and becoming the suits in certain senses. Uh, and, uh, I mean, and I, I'm, in a sense, I'm also like have become a suit, uh, uh, because you know, you, it's a career. It's a, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we could stop doing it and we could get shitty jobs or we could like continue being like working artists. Uh, and like that, I don't think, uh, is, uh, I don't feel shame for that or anything. I think it's the, the ethos that it's that beginning. You're, you're coming from that place of you figured it out. You spe- mm-hmm. took these steps. You made a mistake, mm-hmm. and it's not you're not starting at you know warp tour Ernie Ball stage. Mm-hmm. You're starting at your own town, and you're sort of that kind of cultivating thing. That's that thing I think sometimes people miss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you guys and a lot of the Empire Empire, I feel like you kind of went through this where you get when something happens and you're able to react or be able to understand it more than if you're, you know, your first year in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the most part, it's like if new bands are starting, uh, uh, and they ask like, what, what can I, what can I do with my band to like, to get to the point you're at, you know, it's usually like, well, we were a band for four years until of, of shit until (laughs) not really shit. Uh, we were, we were happy doing what we were doing, but we were, we were a band for four years uh, that took us that that it took us to get to where we are now. Um, uh, we're now a band for six years. Uh, so, uh, so like for me, it's just like you gotta not have fun. <laughs> if if you wanna if you wanna play huge shows, you're going to not have fun uh, for the most part doing it. Which is not necessarily true because I am still seeing bands that are uh, starting new and not having to do too much to get uh, they get lightning in the bottle or yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, for example. Um, I mean, this is actually a bad example, but, um, like that band Beach Lane, like blew up immediately. I mean, they've been doing it forever. Yeah. Like, yeah James Weston, has been doing yeah. it forever. Uh, so like, it's not, it's not the same. He has been doing that. Uh, but, uh, how great he, is that new record? It's great. I just listened to it for the first time today. Actually. Oh, nice. And it's I really can't good. stop listening to it. It's great. Um, uh, I, yeah, I'm really happy for them. They are like, uh, people that I have very fond feelings for after touring with them. They're really super nice, sweet dudes. But Alex, I mean, or sorry, not Alex. Um, J- um, why am I forgetting his first name? That's Singer? Like, James? James, thank you. Um, it's that same, like, ethos. That same, like, we fucking do it, we figure it out, we rock. Like, yeah. there's no, like, off. Yeah. It's like, let's rock. Yeah. And he's, I, 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 he's, he's sort of probably the quietest of the band, but, uh, um, when he's not on stage. Uh, but I, I really, 
like his, he's like unabashedly like, uh, I am going to stay young as long as yeah. possible. And I think that that's so, I think it's that's cool. It's inspiring. Yeah. yeah. It's sweet. I think it's cool. And that he's making his art around that, uh, to me is just sick. Uh, uh, cause like, I mean, I mean like not to be like, not that I'm necessarily in the, in the field of like growing up sucks and that like, even if you settle down that you're like a boring adult, but like, um, the different, seeing the different ways in which you can grow into an adult, yeah. uh, is like always cool to me. Yeah. Yeah, forever young. I feel like he is. Like it just—you could hear it still. It was almost like he—you just showed him the first record, and he was that excited again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's great. Yeah. So there's so those 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 types of bands meant a lot, obviously, um, when you did that tour to kind of take stuff from them. But you you feel the lineage too that they kind of came from that same work, or it wasn't just coming out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean. Uh, they had more, like, like if we were citing influences together, uh, they would have more in common with me. Like, I would feel like I was learning something from them as opposed to playing with bands that, you know, were still really stoked on Blink-182, which was, which was something that I was no longer too into. Um, yeah, so, like, uh, so I felt like I was, so basically when I met them, I felt like I was learning something, and I felt like, uh, I felt like they had something to, like, provide to me to make me a more developed, uh, artist or something. Yeah. Um, so that felt good. And that, that, and the tours, we also played with, uh, on that tour, we played in Chicago and met Marcus of, uh, of Pet Symmetry and old, used to be in Dowsing and Please and Thank Yous and stuff. Uh, and, uh, he was in that same way, like, was like, he was our age and was like listening to music that like we had also listened to. And I was like, this is cool. Like, this is a great sort of like, tour and feeling and everything was sick you kind of start when you say like two bands with somebody Mm -hmm. and if they say the right ones like you're good to go yeah you don't Uh, say anything else yeah well i mean yeah i'm not i mean like i i definitely like still value personality but also like uh with musicians musicians are musicians can be rough uh like they can just like very be very very into music and music can be everything that they're about uh and if if i'm having a conversation with somebody like that um it does help <laughs> when when we agree on those bands. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, yeah. there's like a, a lull. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to make it awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I, you know, you're doing this tour. What's, what is, you know, what do you want to do? What are sort of the, have you guys sat and been like a goal or like we want to do this or we want to have this in two years or... No, don't, don't, don't say you haven't thought about it because you had to have. I mean, okay, like I mean, I could have a thought about it, but again, like going back, the things that I've learned most about this band are to have uh, no expectations. Have almost no expectations. Uh, um, we are just going to continue doing the same stuff. <laughs> In my mind, you know, we're we're going to plan tours in in the U.S. and abroad, uh, and we are going to put out a record that we feel really proud of uh is it done or you haven't recorded it's done yeah it's done um uh and yeah put it out see what happens because you know think music art in general is incredibly flimsy uh it is not everybody who tells you they know exactly what's up and how things work never do always are incredibly surprised by things that do really well uh uh so it is the most like uh, un, uh, un, you can't, you just can't foresee what is going to happen. So I just don't even try. Uh, cause if I do, 
then I just invariably will be let down in some sense. Um, uh, what like other I, things inspired the record other than music? Like, were there things happening or things going on that that you feel maybe? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, so like for so there was stuff going on when I wrote at home, like no places there. There was a bunch of stuff that I was like sort of re uh, like re, like re going through, like sorting out to like figure out what was going on and then writing songs about it as I was figuring it out, what was going on. Um, and then, uh, this next record is about for, well, was about for me sort of like, uh, building an, a new identity of self. Like how do you come out of something, uh, and not be defined by, uh, just what has happened to you? Uh, how do you, how do you build an identity of self uh, partially as like uh, as like some, someone coming from such a, a cultural background that is so uh, like made for you sort of so being like a white suburban kid like how do you have a, a sense of cultural identity uh, that isn't uh, that isn't you know in line with like whiteness that is like uh, you know uh, like uh, a, like basically oppressive to like people of color or people of like lower classes and like like so coming from a white middle class background how do you take that and how do you make it something that you can feel proud of uh how can you feel proud about your like identity of self uh and not necessarily have it be reactionary uh so that was like what um sort of uh the writing process did for me while writing it uh but it was more just like yeah me exploring that uh, me exploring like uh love more uh so like in the early records you know i if you asked me about like what love was i would probably say like yeah it doesn't fucking exist what well, it's nothing you know? like uh it's it's like you know it's fed to you by like the media or whatever and like in like patriarchal society um and then like trying to, so then if you deconstruct that and then you uh, you know then like it's this more uh, i'm singing about love more than i ever have basically uh and not just love for people but like love for uh, uh, being, yeah, yeah, Yeah. being around, Uh, yeah, um, so that's, that's more, it's happy, yeah, I guess, um, sort of, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's happy, uh, and it's, 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 um, it's supposed to just be, uh, good feeling, uh, uh, um, I don't know if it feels happy, necessarily so but. good so good feeling yeah that's good <laughs> um is, is is there anything else that you know jumps out to you from the the record that people would dig not necessarily you know is there there are things that would be different or people maybe wouldn't know or maybe it's i don't know there's just always like a i love to kind of tease not tease people about a record but like i loved that sort of you know there's this love element or there's this thing about you know the classes and you know, being able to kind of put in your head where this is coming from when they hear it for the first time. Yeah. Um, I went on a lot of walks when I was writing this record. Um, I would go back to my house in Worcester. I'm sorry, in Charlton, from my house in Worcester. And I would walk around a lot uh, in the woods. And I was reading um, a lot of, like... Uh, like, I was, I was alongside... Uh, like sort of deconstructing how I was uh, sort of figuring out my like pride and my sense of self. Um, I was also figuring out uh, how to read again because uh, uh, as as somebody that went to school, uh, reading was always a chore. Mm-hmm. So I was trying and to learn fun. How, yeah, exactly. So I was like trying to uh, 
um, figure out reading <laughs> again, uh, and how uh, that can be fun, and kind of um, also simplifying my pleasures in a sense. So just like uh, being able to uh, like uh, lit in the same way that I sort of interact with my band, sort of living without. Um, a sort of expectation, um, moving at a slower pace, um, maybe not putting so much emphasis on myself because now it's like, if I could, you know, with a, with a band that's doing kind of well, I could probably get hyper obsessed with, um, my productivity as a person. Um, and like, uh, um, and that could probably just like make me go crazy. Uh, um, and while I am sort of doing that, uh, I feel like I can only do that, uh, like I can only feel more productive as I feel okay, uh, with maybe doing nothing sometimes or, 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 um, not trying to view myself as having to be like, a uh, a very, uh, grand person, uh, like a very special thing, uh, and just sort of like, like relate to myself in the way that I'm just uh, a normal person that got a lucky shot, uh, uh, and is able to like perform my music for people that like want to hear it. Uh, and that is incredibly lucky and not because I am not because I am an, uh, like a, a genius or not because, uh, I have, um, any special talent that other people don't have just because something worked out for me in a way, uh, uh, that it could have worked out for somebody else. Uh, I was put in a position where maybe sometimes I was allowed to have more confidence, uh, that allowed me to experiment more that allowed me to stumble into this thing that felt good. Um, and I don't think that that necessarily has anything to do with, uh, yeah, that. So basically just doing things to make me realize that I am, um, otherwise a boring human. <laughs> as, as you, as, uh, as you would say in the game Munchkin, I am a level one boring human. <laughs> up emo fans thank you for listening to this podcast over the last nine plus years or if it's your first time welcome it has flown by and i appreciate each and every one of you for listening and for this current episode you're about to hear i do have a favor of you i have some books out right now called anthology of emo and volume two was released last fall i really think you'll dig it if you haven't heard of them it features guests from the podcast including jim atkins from jimmy world chris conley from saves the day travis shuttle from piebald and john bunch from sensefield i've also reprinted volume one so you can order both check out the diy publishing at anthologyofemo.com